my name is Jacob, and I am a Norse pagan, and this is the Folk Podcast. Now, a quick announcement before we move into the episode. If you haven't been able to watch the episode five on Spotify, hopefully you've been able to watch this one on Spotify, but we've been having problems. We believe it's Spotify's problem, so hopefully they fix it soon. Uh, I hope you're able to eventually listen to episode five, but otherwise we are still available on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and all that stuff, but hopefully, you're, hopefully Spotify is fixed by the time this episode comes out. But let's go ahead and move forward. So we have a guest today. Um, it's Amanda, who's been a part of the community and our, uh, our local group and a part of our gatherings for some time now. Uh, but mostly she's been helping a lot of people with dream work. And so that's kind of the, the subject of today is dreams and visions. Uh, but first of all, Amanda, go ahead and introduce yourself um, and just tell us, tell us what you want to tell us about yourself. Okay. Um, hi, I'm Amanda um, and I am a Norse pagan. I've been a Norse pagan for about... Uh, about eight years, but I've been a pagan for about 12 years. Um, prior to that, I was just trying to find myself. I did grow up fortunate and grew up around the pagan community a little bit more so than most. And my grandparents were even Norse pagan, so I learned a little bit from them as well. Um, I've been doing dream works and manifestations for about, I think, five years. I delve into it a little bit more. I um, also have been practicing doing different kinds of animal spirit work and also some medical herbs and music and shaman practice now newer. I'm still learning about that one. And um, I also just, on my hobby list, I just paint and draw on the side. So that's really all I can say. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Um, so one of the things that I definitely, you know, when we first started talking is, is that background. I mean, your grandparents are German, if I remember correctly. Um, mm -hmm. am, I cor am I correct on that? Yeah, they're, they're German and they were in Germany when they passed. So, yeah, so, did, so they actively, do they actively pa practice uh, traditional paganism there? Yes, they, they were very vocal about it. They weren't the ones that hid or anything. Like even my grandmother had like the Othala rune on top of the house so that you could see it from like literally the roadside. They didn't, they didn't care. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Do you know if it, like, uh, are there any specific stories that stand out to you? It's like, I mean, that's, a, it's a very rare thing to actually hear someone from the old country, so to speak, that still worship the old gods, especially in times before modern times. And even now, I mean, I even hear from people from Germany, Norway, and Sweden that say they don't know any pagans around there, that it seems to be more of a rarity, even uh, more so than here in America. Yeah, they, there's a few things that stood out to me the most is mostly the offerings. Like my, there's one in particular that I had mentioned before, but my grandfather was a tear follower and the way that he would honor him would be to like strap his arm to his waist and just work with one hand the whole day and I was that was dumbfounded to me when I heard about that and saw that for the first time <laughs> but um there was that and also my grandmother who did more craft and spiritual workings and like more medicine type stuff but she also did a lot of dream works as well which is where I kind of got it from but it's mostly those things that I saw and even looking at their altars like my mom, my uh, grandmother had pelts. My grandfather had like axes and swords and stuff like that. So it it was definitely awesome being there for when I did. So. <laughs> oh, that's really cool. Um, so uh, other co-hosts, you guys have any questions for? I mean, we'll start moving into dream work, honestly. 
So yeah, I've got a couple of questions. So I know um, you were saying that part of diving into like the DreamWorks stuff partially had a lot to do with your grandmother working with it. Did you have any other like interest in it necessarily before that, or was it primarily from your grandmother working with it? No, I had interested in it because I always had a lot of night terrors when I was younger. I would have a lot of different, very vivid dreams and like lucid dreams that would wake me up and I would feel that pain still. And it would interest me because I'm like, okay, well, am I doing this to myself in my sleep or is something I can't see doing this? So I'd always go to her for advice. And she was a hard teacher of sorts because she would she would kind of give me the the route to take but she wouldn't give me the exact answer because she wanted me to find it for myself and anytime I would ask her like well this is what I found out you know is is this it she would pretty much almost kind of give me the answer and a smile and be like maybe but if I have to tell you then you don't learn anything now do you (laughs) so um no I've been into it since then, I had night hairs, uh, I want to say maybe when I was like 12, and the last time I visited her was when I was about 16, and then I kind of do- dove in a little bit more with that. Um, she did have some books on it. She mostly had a lot of things to do with ear, which I'm still trying to kind of remember and decipher, but, um, but yeah, I, I was in it since then. So one of the things I've noticed when going into uh, research and uh, digging into the old books is there's not a lot of re- like written material on dream work. Um, so it's really interesting, of course, to hear from you getting this knowledge from the old country uh, to hear that it does have an importance in this space. So, you know, do you have, is there any reason you think it is so important? Um, is it just one of those things where it's like we all have dreams and we're all trying to figure it out? Or do you think it's special for this kind of path? Well, for me personally, I do think it is very special. I do think it is important for this kind of path because dream working has been around for years and years and years. Like, even if you look at the, even the different types of religion, each one has some sort of dream interpreter or vision interpreter in it. So I do in fact believe dream works for us, even if you think of Balder's situation, it is very important and it's actually it can help you grow spiritually emotionally physically even it can help you reach to those certain points that you need to get to so i do believe it is important to at least try and understand it even if you don't want to kind of dive into it that much um but the main issue that I have, because I know you mentioned about it being to this fate, is that problem, is that there, there's books out there that have information about it, but a lot of it is solely based off of like biblical things. And um, I'm trying to help decipher like how could, that could respond to us being Norse pagans or even Celtic, because I have had a few come to me with that. And it's just kind of a work in progress at that point. <laughs> All right, so for me, because, you know, I have problems either remembering my dreams. I know y'all say everybody has dreams. I don't know. I don't have them or remember them. I know you've given me the one bind rune, and that's helped, like, a little bit. Like, I remember one thing. Uh, is there a way or, like, for people kind of like me to, like, to remember or there, 
any certain situations or things we can do to try to do that? Yeah, it's it's mostly the main thing about dream work is from what I have been taught, told, and even from this little bit that I have read, dream working is very practice-like, just like you do with whatever it is that you're doing, working on, you practice at it. Like, even if you have to do the, <clears throat> what I think is more mundane, because I don't think it necessarily works all the time, but if even if you sit on your bed and say, okay, what what message do you have for me? And then try and fall asleep. I've heard it works for some. For me, I haven't, uh, it, I don't think it even worked for me, honestly, but but if you do something like that, it could help. The main thing that I like to use are teas and herbs, mugwort being the main herb that you can use for like a uh, cheesecloth pillow or cheesecloth to put under your pillow. <laughs> you can try and help manifest that as well. Um, but it's mainly just practice. The more you practice at it and the more you strengthen that, that part of your brain to try and remember these dreams, it, it'll help eventually over time it's really just you trying to remember to do that and everyone does have dreams it's just the remembering part that you need to strengthen like even if you write down a certain word like okay i felt like i was angry this day i felt like i was this this day it could actually try and help manifest a little bit more clear to you instead of it being just a blank space so digital minimalism is a, is a side of that, and it's removing yourself from our smartphones, from our TVs, from our gaming PCs, and all those things. Um, I do think that this electronic world has made dreams so difficult, because we go to bed with our phones in our hands, we, we're absorbing so much from the world that it can cloud our judgment, and it can cloud our, even our, our thoughts and our sleep. Um, you know, and even thinking about the past, like we think about a thousand years ago, you know, the amount of distractions they had were so minimal. So I think it would be much easier, at least from what I understand, of actually having dreams and having dreams that have meaning. So how, how in this modern world do we actually go through our dreams and figure out what actually does have meaning and what has just been instilled in there by the media we consume constantly? That one is the hardest one to decipher, which is the reason why a lot of times when people come to me with like crazy dreams of, I dreamed that I was Odin and I was in an elevator and then I was at work and I saw a field of flowers. To me, if I saw, if someone said stuff like that, it would be to me distractions. It's what I call uh, pretty much your mind going to certain things that your eye will catch normally, but missing the message that it's trying to actually produce. And sometimes it doesn't even mean anything, but to kind of get away from influencing, influencing from like the media games and stuff that you mentioned, the only thing that I have been able to try and do is kind of think about like what exactly the symbols are rather than what the whole story is behind it and try and uh, get like try and get that message from there and if it's something if it's something a little bit too difficult I will usually kind of be like okay well this dream this is what this means and this is what this means what does this mean to you like how do you feel this is actually what it's trying to tell you a lot of times if it's a recurring dream of someone dreaming of something really kind of out there, I will try and 
like have them write it down because things can change within a dream and you don't even realize it until someone actually like retells you it. Like if someone kept dreaming about a Skyrim dream and something changed inside of it in the middle of the week, but you know, you don't see it. That could be the thing that is trying to tell you. And that's what you need to focus on rather than you fighting dark elves in a forest. <laughs> so I've got, I've got a question. Um, as far as like when you're interpreting a dream for a specific person, do you, depending on how well you know that person, do you kind of put uh, their own, like what background you know about them into what their dream is potentially telling them to try to give a more like specific or personalized uh, meaning behind the dream or potential information that's trying to be told to them through that dream? I do try and do that, but only if they let me to. I don't ever assume someone's life. So, like, if, like, even in the community that we are in the Discord, when they come to me and say, okay, I've had this really personal dream, like, let's say the more extreme someone passed on, I don't assume that that's the case if they don't tell me that they really didn't pass on. It was just a, like, a vision, like, they thought this happened. So... I'll kind of give like the basic information of what that means. And if they say, okay, well, this doesn't really resonate. I'll kind of dive in a little bit more and say, okay, well, what happened? Can you tell me that if you're comfortable with it, you know, just kind of let me know what's going on. I can go a little bit further and do that. And it's the same with spiritual dreams. When people say like, oh, I saw Thor or Tyr, Odin and this, that, and the other, I don't automatically assume it's the gods at first. I'll go with, okay, what's around them? Like, what's around the distraction that you see right now? And then if it's just hitting misses, then I'll go more, okay, then it's probably a message for sure. But I never, never assume, like, anybody's personal life unless they actually talk to me about it. Almost kind of like a counseling thing. Um, so just kind of bouncing back to uh, what Jacob was saying with um where we have all the all the modern distractions, you know, iPhones, uh, just all the modern world uh, troubles and things like it. Um, and I think it might have been Jacob on last week's episode where we were talking about meditation stuff, um, about meditating before you try to go to sleep so you can clear your mind and get rid of all your worries and everything like that and just kind of be more receptive to what uh, messages might be sent to you. Um, mm -hmm. Do you ever try to do that, Amanda? Um, to try to become more receptive? I am a big believer in meditating before sleep, for sure. And definitely, like, I'm, a, I'm also a big tea drinker fan. So anyone who can at least handle tea, um, try and drink, like, lavender teas to calm the mind before it. But if you can't, and you just do simple meditation, um, you can actually induce yourself almost in like a meditation trance when you fall asleep it's it's on the borderline of deep sleep and lucid dreaming but that's when a lot of times messages can be filtered through because your mind isn't on defensive mode which is the whole reason why a lot of people get messages from spirit guides gods or whatever the case may be is when you fall asleep you're just your mind isn't on high alert anymore. So you're just kind of relaxed. So yeah, meditation before sleep definitely would 
help with anything that you do. <laughs> so uh, since you brought up um, lucid dreaming, that's the balance I'm wondering is like, what is the difference between, you know, what makes lucid dreaming different rather than just trying to understand your dreams more? I, I guess the better question is what is lucid dreaming really? Uh, is it something that you would recommend daily or is it something that everyone can do? Just like kind of tell us about that a little bit more. Lucid dreams are, they can be fun. Um, the whole, the whole thing with lucid dreams are there is stage of sleep where you're aware of what you're doing and you can control it. If you're in a deep dream and you're running from a train, but you're not running fast enough, that's considered a deeper uh, sleeping dream. Lucid dreams are more, you're aware of what's going on. If you see fire, you can make water hit it or make it disappear. And lucid dreams are just things that you can control. Now, with that being said, yes, it can be fun and it can be very like energetic in a way, like give you energy to do it, but it can be dangerous because you can allow nightmares to uh, kind of enter it. And even though you can control it, if your mind's going too fast on trying to like make all this chaos step aside, it can be overwhelming for you to have a possible night terror and then you just wake up feeling tired, groggy, and you just can't move. It's just definitely something to be aware of. Um, it can be fun, but it can also be definitely hurtful in the long run. Anything else on dreams before we start moving forward a little bit? I, I guess the only thing that I can think of when it comes to uh, DreamWorks is just be careful. Um, you can have uh, dreams, visitation dreams, and spirit guides coming in. And in case you don't know what visitation dreams are, they're the dreams that someone that actually has passed on visiting you and giving you messages. Um, and uh, same thing with uh, your spirit guides. It can be the same way. And also be aware of your shadow self, which is one of the things that is in the back of your mind where if you hide certain things from others, like guilt or um, any kind of sadness, depression, and you're just kind of putting on a mask the entire time, so to speak, it can come out at you as a shadow figure um, and kind of reflect what it is that you're trying not to face kind of back at you, which can be terrifying, but it's either something that you're going to have to face or something that you could subside and just keep having these dreams about it. Um, but other than that, when it comes to this, just be safe. It it can be terrifying, but just try and definitely relax and know that you can eventually be able to be in control of them to go further than what you think you can. Yeah, so I just had one one thing. Um, so I know you said that you do a lot of uh, animal spirit work, and I talked to you a little bit about it personally. Um, does that does that help with any of your dream work, especially when, say, somebody has uh, a dream with a specific animal that had played a big part in that dream or say they are becoming that animal or animalistic uh, intentions or tendencies in a dream like, does that correlate at all or does it make it easier to kind of get a little bit more of a detailed or specific reading off of somebody's dream especially if it involves animals um it definitely can because even within a dream the animals themselves still hold like certain like symbolism like uh, 
like a hawk being strength and honor and then a wolf being uh, family related and love and stuff like that. And depending on how they are in your dream, it can reflect what you see either within yourself or what's around you or how you feel. Um, as far as spirit guides, if you're familiar with like the feeling, if it's in front of you, it can actually help you guide to certain things. Like, uh, like I think you're, you said yours was a fox. So you can, um, if you have a dream and there's a fox there, but it's leading you down this one road that looks really sketchy, you can either follow it or go down this other road instead. And it's, it's really up to you on whether or not you want to follow it, but it does in fact help a lot when you kind of cross that barrier to getting spirit guide information. And it's not just animals, it can be people as well, but that's very rare, <laughs> very, very rare. So on animal spirit guides, I mean, we would call that a figlia, right? That's how you say it, like or a mm -hmm. figlia. Um, do you have anything specific on that, on the North side of things, as far as like spirit animals? Like we all hear about it from the Native American side, just because we live in North America. Um, but is there anything different about a figlia? Not really. It's more just added to it, really. Because if you kind of think about like the certain regions of like where Native Americans at and then where the Norse pagans were at from Iceland, Germany, Scandinavia area, it's definitely added with as far as spirit animals are concerned because there's certain animals that we don't have but they do and vice versa so it's really just more of an added figure to what we already have so it's really not much of a difference honestly i know that there are some who really like don't have like a spirit animal per se uh, is there any way that they can figure out how to find their spirit animal or like get in touch with a spirit animal yeah, you can, um, of course, there's always meditation and trance work that you could do um, to try and kind of see what comes out at you. You can also use, uh, you can also really just go out in nature and just see what kind of resonates with you if you kind of go through, like, I think one of my friends did a, uh, like, a card reading one time where she brought up each card while she was out in nature and was like, okay, does this work? No. Does this work? No. And then like later on that night, she had a dream about it. And that, that was the animal that came to her. And uh, for those that are trying to find their spirit animals, it's really just, again, just practice and like be patient because they don't always reveal to you like as soon as you do it, just be patient and just kind of work on it because there's, there's no right or wrong way to do it. It just takes time. Like, I thought mine was the wolf for the longest time and that was it. But then a fox appeared and now a harpy eagle out of nowhere just started showing up in my dreams. And I'm like, where did you come from? So it's more like just, you know, just be open-minded because there's many different animals that could definitely be a part of it that you don't even realize it, even bugs and sea animals and stuff like that. So definitely just keep an open mind when this happens. It might not be the one that you want, but it's the one that you need is the main thing. My joke with everyone is that the spirit animal that it presented itself to me was a, a white whale, which is ironic because I hate the ocean. <laughs> I mean, I, I despise the ocean. It terrifies me. Um, and then, of course, I was in this dream where I was just floating in the middle of the ocean. I'm like, well, this is terrifying. I hate every moment of this. And then I started like sinking a little bit. 
And all of a sudden, like this white whale just swims up to me and its giant eye just stops right in front of me. And I'm like, oh, this is my spirit animal now. <laughs> it just means you need to go in the ocean. <laughs> oh, I'm fine being landlocked. Thank you. <laughs> um, but uh, anything else for dreams? I do want to start moving forward towards visions. I just got to go back to the, um, to the lucid dreaming. A bit. Mm -hmm. I mean, we might. Have, I know we we talked about it a bit earlier, and we may have already went over some of the stuff. I'm going to ask, but the uh, like, how does one go about um, getting into lucid dreaming? Because it's something that I dabbled with in the past, just never had any really good luck with it. But I also didn't. I didn't meditate and things like that before I went to sleep, and try to clear my mind. It also. The best way that I have been able to get into that lucid state mostly is through trance work if you fall asleep almost directly after because your mind's still in that like calm stage you don't necessarily go into deep sleep you just kind of are there um you can definitely do that and try it out and see if it works for you um and then if it doesn't you can also still definitely try like mugwort mixed with lavender because it'll calm you enough to where you'll fall asleep and have a dream but you're still in control of it if you put too much mugwort, though, you will get into deeper sleep to where you can't control anything. Um, but definitely the the trancing and then going to sleep soon after instead of waiting for it to kind of die down, I have found it does help a lot more. All right. So um, I do definitely want to move into visions because I feel like this is something that is more t closely tied to Norse paganism, or at least in my personal practice. Um, like dreams are amazing. Like um, I found that the more I've walked this path, the more dreams have opened up to me and the more I can start interpreting from, uh, interpreting from them. However, um, there have been a few occasions where I've had moments in my sleep where it has been felt like a true vision, where it just feels different. So, uh, Amanda, you want to dive into the difference between dream and vision work? Yeah, I can. Um, from what uh, my theory and standpoint is, at least when it comes to it, is just visions they do send out more messages. And I think the way that my grandmother kind of uh, put it to me one time was, visions are also like a way of daydreaming because you're letting the message get to you without your mind being on guard. And that's the main thing that some people, I think hit that, that bump in a way, because I've, I've had some people say like, well, I, I can't see visions, I don't get messages, I can't see dreams, I can't see that. It's, to me, from what it seems like, it's just your mind is still active and still has like the defenses up, sort of speak, so you can't receive any kind of messages if you don't just relax and let them happen. Um, and as far as like the difference between the two, I do think visions are more, definitely more message related and more guiding you to grow kind of deal more so than dreams and they both to me tie also together in some ways but um the vision works is definitely more impactful there you go that's the word i was looking for <laughs> um than dreams because you're you can actually you're awake and you're there and you're seeing it rather than thinking it's just an imaginary thing that just happened kind of thing. The thing I've noticed uh, in my own personal experience is with dreams, I feel like there's that rush between scenes where it's like you don't quite know how you get somewhere, where it just goes from one scene to another scene to another scene to, you know, 
you really don't know the connections. You might stop at something and look at something for a little bit longer. And that's where you start seeing those connections. Uh, but at least in the times I would say I had visions, it's like I fully controlled myself from one spot to the other. And I saw the complete story. It just wasn't, it wasn't fractured. Um, mm -hmm. Like I remember specifically, I was in my hometown walking on a sidewalk and I had to walk the sidewalk. There was time that it took me to walk the sidewalk to get to this house. And uh, I actually uh, like walked to a Buddhist temple and then walked inside and was like, hey, I'm here to deliver some good news. And the Buddhist monks were like, shh, we're meditating. Don't bother us. And I'm like, I specifically remember these things. And it's like, I remember being agitated. The Buddhist monk, I'm like, no, I have good things to say. And they're like, shh, we're meditating. We'll talk to you later. And I had to sit there in the like vision dream for like 15 minutes waiting for these guys to get done meditating. And like, I'm like, can you talk? Can I talk to you now? And they're like, shh, we're still meditating. I'm like, no. And I like walked out <laughs> and I like walked out of the temple uh, and I looked across the street and I saw an old house and I walked to that old house and inside was inside this old house was an old man. And I like, it was like, I knew that old man. And I walked up to him like, Hey, I got good news. And he was like, Oh, what? And like got out of bed. And like, of course in the dream, you know, eventually, you know, figured it was Odin. And I would basically told him everything I had done with the wisdom of Odin. I was like, is this not cool? And he was like, Oh, I can't wait to tell my wife. And then sure enough, like we were sitting there talking, all of a sudden there was a knock on the door. We go to answer it and there's an older woman there that answers it and comes in and there was a whole conversation. So it was like, I just remember the time frame. I remember all the things that took me to get there. It wasn't just mm -hmm. one scene after another. So I think that was definitely my first true vision where it felt like this is different. That is definitely uh, <laughs> very funny, but like it, it definitely, um, that that is definitely a good vision to kind of have an experience, especially if it lasts so long of you trying to talk to monks and they're just shushing you the entire time. <laughs> but like, they can act a lot like that where it just feels so real. And it, it definitely, it definitely does help guide you on that certain path that you need to go on, like what you did for a while. <laughs> and then definitely went to the house afterwards. It, it helped you. It helped guide you. And even though there was no time jumps or anything like that, and you experienced it fully, that's what I think is the major difference between that and DreamWorks is, is dreams. Yes, it'll help you grow, but vision lets you experience it. Like you're there, you're not going anywhere until it's like finished and then you're done. And then just, you can either follow it or just say, wow, that was weird. And then just go the other way. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely, and that was the other thing is like, it had a clear beginning and an end. Like, you know, I clearly remember where it started and there was a very definitive point where it ended almost like a story, almost like a, almost like a, sh a TV show or a movie where it was like, as soon as it hit a certain point, it was like, this is as far as I was meant to make it. And then it just, you know, I clearly saw the end of it. Um, and I definitely, I feel like there's more grogginess to a vision after I wake up as well than just like a straight dream. Mm-hmm. It definitely is makes you more groggy because just like lucid dreaming, you're you're active, you know what you're doing, but even though there's no jumps in between, you're definitely having to walk it a lot harder than you would a dream because dreams let you just jump wherever. The visions are more, okay, you can't do that because it's trying to project reality into your mind. Like this is the message. This isn't just a fairy tale walk the path kind of thing or hear the message or 
eat this. Like, it's just, it's definitely more energy inducing. And that's where you probably get that grogginess from, for some people that get the visions and stuff like that. It's definitely more tricky because it, it, like I said, it feels more real because it is in fact a vision. It's just, it can be so wonderful though. I'm sorry. Like I, it's just, it's just, it can just be like a wonderful thing. <laughs> no, I think uh, one of the things, um, you know, co co-host, please jump in here. Uh, Cause I can talk about this stuff all day. Cause one of my favorite things is uh, I, I do study quite a bit of native American uh, religion. Um, and read quite a few books. Uh, one of my favorite is Black Elk Speaks, which is actually in my first book video is Black Elk Speaks. Um, and I love it because it's a record, a firsthand account of the last true shaman of a tribe right before the Battle of Little Bighorn. So it talks about his vision work. Um, and it was just such a crazy thing because he's only, he only had like three visions his whole life, but each vision mm -hmm. drove him to something different. Like his first vision warned his people of an incoming attack. His second vision told them where to move. And his third vision showed him the future of his people. And it's like, that was such a powerful thing. And it's like, this man went through his whole life and only had three visions. So I definitely want to like, let people know that just because you don't have visions, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. Um, not, yeah. I, I do feel like, you know, and I could be wrong here, but I feel like not everyone is capable of having a true vision. There, there's a few that, that can't, um, it again it takes practice but sometimes a lot of people don't even have them like throughout the entire the entirety of the time and it's just if it ha doesn't happen it's fine you're not like excluded it's not like they don't want to talk to you it's just you just don't have anything coming up where you need this this kind of help right now and kind of like what you said from what you have read Many other people have had similar things like throughout history, but it's only very few. So you can still, you know, do what you need to do and it, you, you'll be okay. It's, you're not excluded. You're not the, you know, the stepchild or whatever. <laughs> it's, it's just more, it's just more practice work. If you need it, you get it. If not, you're fine. It, it seems like vision works at a lot of times come when you need it most or when you're like at that certain point where you just don't know what to do, then you can get these visions to try and help you in a way. And I know not everybody has that, but you can still try to induce it if you absolutely feel like you have to. That, that definitely for sure. So I've got a, a question. Um, can you... Can you use dream work and trances to do stuff like with ancestral work as far as like potentially reaching out to um you know your ancestors are trying to potentially get an answer specifically from them like is there ways to do that and i know you said you you're big with teas and stuff like that like are there any specific types of herbs or plants or tea mixtures that can kind of help push you in one direction for a specific like trance work or dream to kind of like reach out to something very specific such as like ancestors and stuff like that um yeah definitely the the ancestor part ancestor part is also just more for like the visitation dreams as well um visitation dreams are people that have already passed on it doesn't matter if it's recent or a thousand years ago or whatever um since it's ancestor work it still can help and it still can do it do it correctly um, as far as any kind of herbs or teas to drink or anything like that, definitely chamomile. 
will help you kind of get into that stage as well as lavender. Then I mentioned mugwort, like any kind of vision or dream workings, mugwort is probably the main ingredient in all of it because it does help you kind of get the defenses down and you just try and calm down to at least receive the message so it's not just a blurred vision <laughs> or you forget. Lavender also helps as well as rose petals and for you to wake up if it's too intense because sometimes a misconception is, oh, I had a, a dream from the ancestors, but it was so scary. Like they were just like attacking me or something like that. A lot of times they have to get a message to you through a way that they know that you might receive it better. Like if you're too happy, you might not even see what it is that they're trying to say. So they're just trying to kind of project a fear tactic to make you kind of accept it more. And when that happens, I do recommend cinnamon to kind of, like if you roll over or something like that, it'll waft you to try and wake you up faster um, because it's a strong, powerful scent. Um, you can also try other scents if it uh, helps you out more or even some that even smell bad, which I know sucks. But like, I know some people don't like uh, dragon's blood scent. So if you kind of use that to kind of go, oh, what was that? And then wake yourself up, then it can help a lot more as well. You can also try sounds. Like you have the main thing that a lot of people use, of course, with, as we know, with Wadruna, Hyalong and stuff like that is drums. You can calm yourself and open yourself up with the sound of music like that, like steady drum beats, or if you want more intense, maybe faster drum beats, play the flutes, or just anything that can just kind of get you in that, that state. And when it comes to the ancestor part, you can try and just focus on it. Like, okay, ancestors, what message can you give me? And then just kind of take that instead and see if it works. And if it doesn't, you can try more severe methods, but I wouldn't recommend that at first. <laughs> All right. Do we have any more questions or would you like to say anything else? Because otherwise we do need to start closing this out so we can actually move to the next podcast. <laughs> Be careful. Take it easy. Don't, don't get your feelings hurt if you don't get it right away. It just takes practice. And um, if you, anybody kind of wants to contact me, um, my Instagram is Scotty underscore winters on Instagram. That's like the best way to contact me because I'm never on Facebook anymore. And then on whenever whoever's listening joins Discord, I'm Scotty on there. So <laughs> now I guess the last question for you. I mean, all five of us will be at the gathering in a week. How how excited are you? I'm excited, nervous, and very unprepared. <laughs> <laughs> But I cannot wait. It's, this week is going by so slowly. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's Saturday. I mean, shoot, six days, though. I mean, five days when people are finally listening to this. So we're getting there. Uh, yeah. But we'll go ahead and start closing out this episode. Thank you for coming on, Amanda. You've already plugged yourself, but thank you so much. Um, please give her a follow, everybody. Um, maybe don't bother her with every dream you have because she gets that a lot. <laughs> we, I, I think every time we wake up on the Discord, there's like three people that are like, Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But folk, if you are interested in being in the, on the Folk Podcast, please email us at thefolkpodcast at gmail.com, all lowercase, thefolkpodcast at gmail.com. Or if there's a topic you would like us to talk about, please send us an email. Um, all four of us actually do end up reading almost every single email. Um, so please take some time um, if you'd like to be on. Otherwise, uh, we are about to film another episode, which should be coming out a week after you're listening to this one while we're all at the gathering. But folk, until the gathering, until the hall, Skull! 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 Skull. <laughs> <laughs>